0: Holman, I ordered an extra large hard drive in which to store this upcoming show. Oh, man. Is this going to be another three-hour marathoner? <laughs> I sure hope not. I don't think I have the energy to get through another three-hour show it's just you don't have uh, the energy to get through the <laughs> intro right now you i'm just, already you tired just hear yourself? you just like completely petered out i was listening to like uh, overcrest it's these porsche dudes no, and they do like don't promote them yeah whatever and it, like it those are the guys for, that you think sound like us i do think they sound like us i'm obsessed the fact is that, it us do we do a porsche podcast on the side we do not but <laughs> okay, they're, they do They interview people the way that we interview people why? And Why would I don't you do, know? We but, just don't know any better. But it's they got they do Porsche talking stuff that we wouldn't be our fans probably wouldn't be interested in. Oh, but they're pretty good. But their shows are a freaking hour. They're fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds, and they play thirty seconds of music to, for whatever reason to get them over that hour hump. Uh huh. And I'm thinking, ooh, that would be nice to edit a short show like that. No, no, because all of our listeners yell at us. I know it's so weird. We were just telling that to somebody. The, the other day, we're like, man, if we do under two hours, we get hate mail. Oh, we do. What's up with that? Guys, can can you email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and just give us permission to do like 90 minutes? I don't think they will. Can we do 90 minutes on this show just to prove a point? I mean, we've been around an hour and a half, two hours, something like that, but we're not doing the epic three-hour shows lately. Not to lift up the curtain too high,
1: but it's been amazing. We've had so many people reach out wanting to be on the show- that we've actually started banking
0: interviews. We have guests till December, like already lined
1: up. Yeah. It's
0: absurd. Seriously, we have at least a month in the can ready to go. I think it's more than that. It might It might be. It might be. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. That's what I'm here to say. We appreciate you guys listening. You guys that are going to be guests or have been guests, thank you very, very much. We appreciate all the five-star reviews. We'd love more. If you get a second, if you enjoy the show, uh, please pass it on to your friends. Please give us a five-star review on Apple. Of course, that's the best place for it. We get the most credit. The guest that we've got on this show, pretty darn cool. Why? Because he heads up an entire brand Wow, what do you mean? Wow,
1: wow. Why? Why would somebody so important want to come on the show again? Oh,
0: I thought you're being like sarcastic. Wow. No, wow. Like go us. Ah, uh, I don't. I don't know. And <laughs> and here's the thing. He listens to our show
1: regularly, which is I know it's not BS because he will text me about things he's heard on the show. Well, I do. I think he's probably listened to a few select. Episodes, but you tell me he listens listens to all of them. He listens on Saturday when he's doing barn chores and sends me comments about the show. So I know that it's it's super weird. All right. So before we get into our first guest, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out. I know that we've got a ton of first responders and frontline uh, EMS and police officers and military and all the people that are super important with these essential jobs right Mm -hmm. now. So I want to give a shout out and say thank you to all of them. But we have some unsung heroes who are out there and uh, that's primarily the farmers, the ranchers, and the truckers, and the people in agriculture that are uh, bringing all the food to the supermarkets. And as we go through this thing, the supply chain has been awesome, and we got a lot of listeners who are out there driving their big rigs cross-country, delivering goods, and I just want to take a second to say thank you, and we appreciate you guys as well. You guys that are delivering toilet
0: paper... I mean, high
1: five. <laughs> yeah. Are you, seriously. Hold on.
0: <laughs> uh, I think I think you need the oh, yeah. actual clap oh, for Oh, them. you want you want the big one? I want the big one. Okay.
1: I don't think it's big enough. I
0: can't make it any bigger. All right. Well, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh
1: my. Uh... My sensibilities are being stretched right now. Mm, are they now? They're delicate. <laughs> you have no nothing's delicate about you. <laughs> you know it is delicate. No, uh, my sensitivities to getting in trouble for you. <laughs> that, that's where uh, that's where I become delicate. I am
0: good at getting people in trouble. That's yeah. for darn sure. Yes. Uh huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're gonna make me uh, have a leash and a shock collar on you pretty soon.
0: You think so? Uh huh. Lightning. What is wrong with you?
1: I mean, if a we lot. only knew. yeah, if we well, only knew. Sorry, okay hmm. Let's thank Nissan for being our presenting sponsor for sticking with us for so long.
0: Oh they're they're okay coming out of this exchange.
1: I don't know, but we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to pretend this is a, another water reference, water under the bridge and we're moving forward. okay, we're not looking right. we're not looking back. Are we talking Titan? Uh, we're going to look forward to the 2020 Titan and Titan XD available mm-hmm. at your local Nissan dealer, Nissanusa.com the Titan and Titan XD. 5 year 100,000 mile warranty, best in the business. Mm-hmm. You can uh, appreciate the 5.6 liter Endurance V8, the most standard V8 horsepower, 410 horses. Ooh, and that new 9-speed transmission. I need a horse sound effect,
0: don't I? Next time we talk about it? Oh, every time for <laughs> a horse. Okay, well then what's your torque sound effect? Uh, I I don't I don't know. What would th- Grunting? No. Oh. Hmm. I don't know what torque would sound like. Uh, you know it doesn't need torque. Uh no, what? Pulling out those smooth deck drawers, yeah. No, you don't need any torque. I mean, like half a pound foot, <laughs> right? I mean, virtually no energy to unlatch that and just have it slide. <laughs> How would you right measure that? I'm just saying it's not very much effort. A deck system not only has twin drawers that are locking, but you can put two thousand pounds on top of them and still use them, and they're buttery smooth in and out with two thousand pounds of plywood stacked on top. Or a UTV. Okay. Two thousand pounds of bubble wrap. That's a <laughs> lot of bubble wrap. <laughs> you imagine how high it would be stacked? Oh my gosh, I can't even
1: <laughs> how much does a roll of bubble wrap weigh? I don't know. It's mostly You'd air. have to buy another truck. <laughs> you have to get two Nissans.
0: Uh we should start the show, okay? Well, I was gonna say
1: it was a good idea, but now I'm thinking it might not be. But <laughs> all right, we're here. Let's start it.
0: The truck show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, cause truck rides with The truck show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. You know what's weird is that we still sing along with our own jingle all these episodes later. That's one of the fun things to look forward to. I wonder if they can tell it's us. Singing along? I mean, well, we're not... I, I have the volume of our mics just so it like barely cuts Oh, no, through. they can hear. You think so? They can hear. Because we're that off-key? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: By the way, no, that wasn't us who sing in the original jingle. I know a lot of people think, oh, you guys sing the jingle. We didn't. No, not that one. Nope, not that one.
0: That was, uh, that was Omar from uh, KROQ in Los Angeles yep. and his uh, fleet of singers. Uh, at some point, he's probably done, I don't know, I'd say maybe half our jingles now. Yeah, I've done a couple. Yeah. And then we've had some rando people help out. Yeah. Randos. Yeah. Randos. Randos. A friend of mine used to say rando all the time. I'm like, why don't just you say why, why don't you just say random? It's just one extra letter. And he goes, rando's funnier. Rando, random. Same, it's the same number of syllables. I don't understand why. And I would I would stop him every time and go, why don't you just say random? And he goes, yeah, it's, just, it's just funnier. And then I adopted it because it is just uh, funnier. It is funnier. It's rando.
1: Hashtag uh, vocabulary shortcuts. I think
0: it is, <laughs> yes. I'm glad that Jim Morrison is not on hold. Because he would have heard all that mess. Yeah, and then us. he would have bailed out. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, poor Jim. We're so sorry. Because should we apologize to him now? In advance? Well, just because he'll be listening to his own interview down the line and well, oh, I don't know if he'll ever talk to us again, so we yeah, should apologize so in now. A, in
0: advance. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, Jim, we,
1: we are sorry. But not sorry enough to end this interview. Why don't I give him a call? <laughs> yeah, dial, please.
2: Jim Morrison.
0: Jim Morrison, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Jim, how are you? We're outstanding, and we're excited to speak with you, but we have to do the dirty before we can talk to you. And I know that you're dreading oh, this moment. Here it comes. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. No. Don't say anything. Oh, here no. we go. <laughs> it's baby. Yes, it is. It's the inside job now. Uh uh It's the inside job, baby. It's time
2: for you to share
0: what you do. It's the inside job, jam.
1: Yeah, so uh, that wasn't too bad, right?
2: No, that wasn't too bad. You never know, though.
1: So so. So I was, uh, uh, obviously you've been on the show before. People have heard you uh, talk about various products from Ram to Jeep uh, and I think this is the first time you've been on the show with both of us at the same time. Normally, it's me and you on a recorder somewhere in Detroit or something. As I've told you, uh, Jim actually listens to the show, and uh,
0: I don't know why. Jim, could you explain yourself? So first of all, he, Jim, you're lying. There's no way that you actually listen to the silly little dog and pony show, but thank you if you do.
2: So how are your hands, and uh, did you get the water heater figured out?
0: <laughs> oh, <whoa>. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> There we go. Thank you. <laughs> See, so you. My, my hands are are fine. The water heater is installed. By and the way, pumping I, hot water. I inspected it last week. Yes, and it's uh it's it seems to be. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's to code. But it's working. Did I do a satisfactory solder job on my copper? I think that you did a
1: satisfactory installation job, but I am not a building inspector, so I'll leave it at that. Are you <laughs> saying that you're going
0: to rat me out? No, no, I would never do that. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the inevitable to happen. That's Got all. it. Well, Jim, thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you uh, caught that tidbit. And I was successful <laughs> installing a tankless water heater.
2: <laughs> yeah, There you go. Uh, good stuff. I wouldn't have tried so.
0: Jim. We've got so many questions. One thing that I don't know that we've ever asked you is how did you get where you are today? Because Holman's talked to you a bunch. You know we're fans of your work, uh, but we'd love to get your backstory. Like, where were you as a kid? How did you make it to the head of Jeep North America? It's a it's a phenomenal title and a lot of responsibility. And I'm sure you weren't just thrown into position; you earned it. So, how? Let's can we can rewind a little bit? Do a long story.
2: Oh, well, here we go! <laughs> if you go back to uh, you know kind of how it all started, I I was uh, I was going to be a dentist. And, um, and wait, 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 wait a dentist? Yeah, a dentist. Yeah, I was accepted into dental school and everything, and and uh, I was going to be a dentist. And and I was selling cars in the eighties, and I um, as I was uh, going through uh, school, the, uh, the the funny story is. one of my final exams in uh, in parasitology, it was the uh, same time that um, uh, Die Hard came out on VHS. So I goofed off during the, uh, uh, instead of studying for the finals, and I'm a horrible speller. So I got a lot of spelling mistakes wrong on this final exam for parasitology, and and the prof gave me a C. So I ended up getting a, well, you know, you better wait one more year uh, and not go to dental school. So I uh, w- was selling cars at the time, and I had so much time, uh, so much fun selling cars, and you know, and getting the uh, oil kind of running through my uh, veins. I said, you know, hey, this is a bit of a, uh, a, a change. So I, I went into the uh, went into the car business and uh, started, you know, worked at a dealership for six or seven years, and then did a, a master's in business administration, and then got hired by uh, by Chrysler in the nineties. Well, let's and, Jim, uh, let,
0: Let's pause there. I don't want to gloss over your your six years at the car dealership. What did you do? Oh well, wait, wait, wait. He didn't tell us how he thought uh, Die Hard was as a movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, you
2: know, we, 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 the boys and I. We still watch it every uh, uh, every Christmas. It's one of those you know classics that we still uh, watch. You know, Bruce Willis and uh, YPKA. Anyway, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, kind of going back in time. Okay, so uh, here's there's that.
0: a there's a big debate, Jim, over Die Hard. Is it a Christmas classic? Because it happens. <laughs> remember, was it Die Hard 2? I don't remember which one it is, but one of them happens at Christmas time, right?
2: It's Die Hard, yeah. It's Die Hard, die hard. yeah. So it's the is Christmas. It- that's why we watch it at Christmas. It always comes on, and, and uh, you know, it, it it seems appropriate to watch at Christmas time again.
0: <laughs> and other than the fact that it takes place at Christmas time, it has nothing really to do with Christmas. But it's become like a de facto Christmas, it's like film. it's like you flip a coin: a Christmas story or Die Hard.
2: Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Yeah, or it's, Elf. It's Elf one. is. I think Elf has trumped all others as the. Yeah,
2: uh, Elf is always on one of the channels at some time you're yeah. during Christmas. You can. Back nice when uh,
0: Zoe Deschanel was blonde, that's her actual uh, real hair color. Oh really?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. everybody yeah. thinks she's a
1: brunette, but it, uh, i had a little bit of a love affair with uh, Zoe Deschanel from back afar, in the day. from afar, very far <laughs> through TV screen. Okay, got it.
0: And so then <laughs> let's go flash forward to this dealership. What were you doing?
2: Well, I, I did—I uh, started out in the parts department, and it was actually uh, there. I worked there, I think, for three years in the summertime. You know, working in the parts department. And actually, you know, think back—it was—it was one of the coolest jobs that I had because you know you'd do the stock order in the morning, and then you'd you know, in the afternoon you drive around, uh, delivering, you know, parts. And I worked at a, at a Chrysler, uh, dealer in uh, where I grew up in New Brunswick and, um, you know, I ended up going from dealership to dealership, you know, dropping off parts. I had a brand new Dakota. I'd fill it up with parts and drive around from dealership to dealership. And then of course, as you're driving in and out, you get to check out all of the new cars. So, you know, talking to the uh, dealer who's turned out to be, you know, still a, a, uh, you know, a really good friend of mine, the, um, I would tell him what was going on at each dealership, you know, what was moving, what was not moving and what they were stocking up on and what they were running low on. And, you know, he found that kind of interesting. And, you know, one of the, um, my fourth year, you know, kind of I was working in the summertime, um, and, uh, went in the second day, started in the parts department. And one of their sales guys, you know, went, uh, was sick. So instead of replacing the sales guy for the summer, he said, Hey, do you want to sell cars? So I ended up, uh, making enough money to really uh, change my way of, of thinking you know for uh, for going forward. So I ended up working in the dealership, selling cars for a few years and and going to school you know kind of full time and working at night selling cars and working in the in the business office or selling cars. and um, I did that and then in the 90s, uh, when I got done school, the uh, I went to work for Chrysler in uh, in Toronto in Canada. and think of you know back to 1993. You know, the Viper had just come out brand new big rig styling with the, uh, with the Ram kind of really setting, uh, you know, the truck industry, you know, uh, in a different direction and, uh, the new LH cars, you know, the Intrepid and Concord, they were really, uh, um, changing the way the automotive industry was, was coming together. So I thought this Chrysler uh, company was pretty cool. So started working for them and looking back and it just never, uh, never stopped.
1: It's funny, I remember, uh, so that was obviously a really exciting time for Chrysler, and really a renaissance. I mean, you were leaving the K-Car era, and really the company coming into its own with the cab forward design, and really design became a hallmark of Chrysler, Viper. But the truck, I'll never forget LA Auto Show, when that truck was unveiled, and I dragged my dad, like I used to, to the LA Auto Show every year. And we went I, I want to say it was in the expansion is expanded part of the convention, so like in the uh, in the parking structure or something what like that. What year is this again, Holman? It's gonna be ninety-two for ninety-three or ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there. All right. And uh, it was a red V ten and I will never forget how awesome that truck looked with the drop fenders and everything, that semi look. I mean, it just that truck was the most badass awesome looking consumer factory pickup truck i'd ever seen it was like i can't believe that that's real that truck right there you can go out and buy it was just um, blew my mind blew my mind
2: i remember the uh my wife and i driving a uh a v10 dually with a stick and yes. uh and i had uh, you know, we had horses and we had horses back then too so i always had a an excuse to uh to drive a uh a truck around so i ended up I don't know what why I ended up driving uh, or scooping this V10 when they first came out. You know, with the, uh, the V10, and the, remember the the Dooleys had uh, um, what we call the waterfall uh, fall colors, so a two-tone red and and, uh, it's
1: like over like and, a, and brown.
2: A... It was really cool truck. Yeah, I think it, you uh, could I remember... can do
1: two-tone could either be brown or gray depending on the top color, right?
2: Yep, exactly. And I remember doing. A burnout with the, the dually. But I remember the four strips going down the street that I. Uh, oh. uh, yeah. So anyway, the, the manual was kind of fun with the dually.
0: That's my man yeah. right there. This is why Jim yeah. and I could be friends. Laying down yeah. tracks in a dually. <laughs> yeah, That's
2: exactly. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
0: Okay, so then take where do we leave off? So then you're you're in college. You get a job. Graduates. Uh, which, he graduates. Yep. Graduates. Graduates. Yep. yep. He graduates graduates.
2: Take, yeah. Yep. Started working for Chrysler. And, you know, I did a couple of years, you know, as the as the distribution guy, then went on the road and spent a couple of years you know, calling on different dealers. And that's really where, you know, I learned, you know, the business from a dealer side. I mean, I was a sales guy before and kind of understood, you know, the customers. And, you know, when you spend a few years talking to customers, you know, you realize, you know, the intricacies of how important it is to listen to a customer. And that was really the message that I kind of learned during the first part of it. Um, and then when I started calling on dealers and, you know, calling on, you know, the kind of more of the business end of the, the, uh, the dealership, you know, kind of trying to coach the dealers as to what they're, uh, what they need to order, you know, what they, uh, uh, are looking for as far as how to look after the customers on the service side. And, you know, really, you know, learning how, you know, really from the dealer perspective, you know, how to make their, their, um, their operation profitable, you know, kind of spent my, um, next three or four years doing that and, and, uh, kind of learning the business end of, uh, of dealerships and how important they really are as, as part of the process. And, you know, still today, I mean, dealerships, you know, drive, um, you know, they're really the, the customer facing, um, you know, part of the business for any OEM and, and, uh, and really having a good understanding of that part of business really has served me well. So, you know, from that part, uh, I worked for a couple of, uh, different jobs in uh, in Canada running product planning and and uh, volume planning. I actually ran the Jeep brand and Chrysler brand in Canada uh, for a few years. And then back in uh, 2010, gee, seems like just yesterday, this guy called Mike Manley called me up and said, uh, hey, we're getting ready to launch this uh, new Grand Cherokee. You know, I want, uh, want you to come, you know, work for me and Jeep over in in Auburn Hills. So I was living in Windsor, Ontario at the time. And and uh, he asked me to come over and, uh, and work for him. And uh, man, that was the smartest thing I've ever done. He's a brilliant guy and I've, you know, continue to learn everything, you know, I can from the, from him and, you know, still do. You know, I'm gonna be up all night studying to get ready for a meeting with him tomorrow. Um, but he, uh, we launched Grand Cherokee. And then, um, you know, back then it was really, uh, coming off of uh, the really hard years, you know, 2008, 2009, Kind of the low point for the industry here in America, you know, Jeep had uh, had sold uh, just under three hundred thousand units uh, for the uh, for the entire brand. And kind of over the years, and and probably three different jobs, you know, working for Mike for Jeep, you know, we watched and pushed the Jeep brand, you know, up to a million units. It did a million four last year. It's on fire and and uh, continuing to grow. Kind of with with the core of the brand being as, as solid as it ever has been and, uh, and really, uh, you know, bringing new customers to the brand was really the most exciting part of uh, that part of my career. And then in the middle from 2016 until, uh, just a few months ago, um, I was running Ram trucks, uh, working for Mike for North America. So launched the new, uh, light duty truck, you know, the new DT, that was really uh, nice, you know, setting, uh, you know, a, a different direction for, uh, you know, for the truck industry again with, all the technology and capability that was in the new Ram, and then of course uh, just uh, last year launching the new heavy-duty truck, and uh, once just almost after we got done launching that, Mike asked me to come back uh, and uh, and run Jeep for North America.
1: You can't overstate how important it is. So when Jim was at Jeep doing three hundred thousand units a year, that's you know there's there's car companies that sell that with one product line, right? And so. Over the years, being a part of the team that built it up, I remember what it was. What a big deal it was that first time where Jeep crossed the million uh, unit mark, which is huge. That that's such a major accomplishment. And I want to say that that was was it less than ten years to to bring the volume from three hundred thousand up over a million, which is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, it was, and and uh, you know, and to do it the the good old-fashioned way, you know, hard work, you know, good product, being true to the brand. You know we didn't um, bail on capability we didn't bail on open air freedom you know we didn't bail on you know our military roots we just solidified all of them and we were true to the brand and you know as we were growing one of the things that we thought was really important was you know um taking all of the compromise out of the suvs and we can think of back i mean the the vehicles you know that i started back with in 2010 you know whether it be the old compass and patriot or even the the liberty of its time you know they were they were good, effective four-wheel drive vehicles of their time, but they all had compromises. You know they had plastic interiors, they were hard to live with. Ride and handling wasn't the same. They didn't have the the technology uh, in the or the or the powertrain refineness that uh, we have in the vehicles today. But at the same time, we you know we advanced those vehicles and made them you know kind of everyday vehicles that you could live with. But at the same time, every time we touch a Jeep, we didn't need to make it better uh, off road and better with. Uh, you know that the, the roots of the brand and four-wheel drive capability was always the cornerstone, but we were able to do that and and uh, progress. You know the uh, the everyday livability of of the vehicles, and with that, there was no compromise. And and um, you know, going from you know the, the the Grand Cherokee, it turned out pretty good. It's uh, The top of its game here. You know, even uh, in twenty twenty, you know, with uh, looking at uh, outselling all the other uh, SUVs in the uh, in the segment here last year and and um you know so far we get uh, updates on market share every uh uh every every tuesday night so um looking pretty good here so far for this week too so you know it's still on top and where it should be with the grand cherokee that's got to
0: suck waiting for that report to come in. <laughs> Not if you're on top, yeah. it doesn't. There's, no, no <laughs> yeah. true, but it's like uh, waiting for the grades, the report card. To yeah, come right. In, like, oh, and he's still got a boss he's got to report to. Well, you
1: think of all the uh, the knobs and levers you got to turn, right? Is it yeah. is it incentives? Is it,
0: uh, is it uh, uh, APR? Here's what I'm hearing, though. He just did the right product for the right consumer base, meaning they weren't trying to go after, is it the right price? Is it this? Is it okay. that? He so so just to, made a better product. To that
1: point, okay, so uh, two points I'll bring up. One is Jim and I have had this conversation uh, privately when we have been talking about the future of the brand and vehicles and things that are coming up and all that. And I've always said the reason Jeep is cool is because you haven't gone after people to tell tell them that it's cool, right? It's cool because it's authentic and it's real. And if you want to have the painted fenders, the painted top, and have like a more affordable kind of a G-Wagon looking Wrangler, people are going to buy that. But they're not buying it because you're shoving it at them saying this is a luxury vehicle. They're buying it because they've always wanted a Jeep, and now this is a Jeep that appeals to them. People like myself who are in the core are making it cool so that Jeep can reach the other people. The second you go after those fringe people and you abandon the core, you're not cool anymore. And I think that's one of the things that, that Jim understands. And to a lot of people out there, oh, well, Jeep's gone soft because it has independent suspension. Well, not on Wrangler it doesn't. And so my whole point is it's no different than when Porsche came out with the Cayenne, right? All the purists were upset. Oh, my God, Porsche is going to have an SUV, yet now it's one of their best-selling vehicles. Well, all that R&D money from all the profits they've made from Cayenne made a better 911, right? The 911s today are spectacular. Well, guess what? All the profits from Grand Cherokees and Compasses and Renegades and you know Cherokees and all that stuff have made for a better Wrangler because the business is robust enough that they can put the time and effort into making that core product, that halo, Still resonate with the core, despite all the regulations and all the rules that change and all that. And so, to me, that's one of the things that Jeep hasn't bowed out of being authentically who the company is as a as a brand. And
0: I think Jeep is kind of punk rock. They're going, they're playing to their own their own set of rules. It's like you're you're either in our group and you love. Let me put it this way: Consumer Reports. Jeep
1: knows the Wrangler isn't going to win Consumer Reports. But they're building 200,000-plus of those things a year and selling them all over the world. So they don't really care about Consumer Reports. You might want Consumer Reports to care about the Grand Cherokee and about the Compass and you know, on and on. But on Wrangler, it's not the right vehicle. You're going after the core, the people that are going to tell everybody else that having a Jeep is, is a part of an experience and a lifestyle. And if you dilute that, you lose everybody else, much to the point of Jim... The old-timers that are still there, there's a lot of great engineers and marketing people, guys like Jim who who believe in the brand, understand where the brand came from, and they're the line in the, in the sand to make sure that it doesn't water down. The Wrangler's not getting watered down.
0: Jim, if you need a PR guy, you should call Holman. He might be for, <laughs> yeah. for rent.
2: Holman's pretty good at that stuff, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah hey, it's a second calling for sure. <laughs>
0: well, so I want to go back. He's he's turning red right now. It's, it's awesome. I haven't seen it just because thinking- it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you uh, pink up like this before. Oh, a pink up? Yes, yeah, so you're pinking up. Oh, thank you, Jim. I want to take it back to the the you the days of you calling on dealerships. I yep. want you to talk us through that relationship because I would imagine you had some dealerships that were like, Jim, what's up? How, how can we improve our business? And other guys, it was confrontational. Like,
2: here get comes out, the suit.
0: Get out of my business. Yeah, exactly. Here comes the suit. So, can you talk us through some of that?
2: I, I think. I had a little bit of an advantage because every time I walked into a dealership, I'd already spent probably uh, six or seven years of my life in a dealership. Um, My uncle was a salesman or a service manager at a dealership, and and um, you know so I, I I always had that connection. And you grow growing up, but when I was walking into a, a a dealership for a first time, you know, calling on them, I was comfortable there, and and they knew that I knew what they were working on because. Um, I had been in so many dealerships for, you know, I wasn't just the the new, new, uh, green pea coming into the dealership, you know, with this first territory, I'd, I'd already spent you know six or seven uh, years in a dealership. So I think I had a, you know, a little bit of a different uh, connection with, uh, with a lot of my dealers. Yeah, there was, there was obviously the, you know, easy conversations and the hard conversations that you have to have, depend, depending on what kind of, uh, business, you know, you're doing on, on the day or on the week. And, um, you know, you always have, um. Uh, your point of view that you're trying to get through. And, and sometimes, you know, you can do that with a little bit of honey and sometimes, you know, you, you got to be a little more forceful, but I think all in all, you know, if, if, you know, understanding what the dealers, you know, end goals were and understanding that they have a lot of money of their own personal investment involved, you know, and, and being respectful of that, I think it was always kind of a win-win situation. So I still remember, you know, that some of the, the first guys that I called on, I still, you know, talked to on the phone every, uh, you know every six or eight months sometimes and and uh, and just kind of stay connected with a few of them still and it's you know it's good even you know to look back on
0: what kind of uh feedback did they give you as far as hey you know you need to make offer this vehicle with this tire size or was that feedback you you, you said earlier that you did jeep has always relied on customer feedback but how about dealership feedback
2: well, you know, I, I remember back in the in the uh, you know in, in the dealership days when I was even working at the dealership. I remember swapping out uh, you know uh, grills on minivans and uh, you know making them look different because they fit, making the Chrysler uh, grill fit in a Dodge minivan, and you know uh, making it look a little bit better. And I remember putting um, they were called Bighorn tires that we had at the time. They were you know I think they're probably 15 inch tires uh, that you know we would we would take um, a Dakota Sport you know, with the, uh, you know, with the, the, the factory tires and we would, you know, upgrade the tires to put, uh, you know, little, uh, little bigger tires. I'm embarrassed to say, I can't even remember what, what size they were. and They were small by today's comparisons, but, you know, certainly, you know, just, a, you know, a, a little upgrade on capability and an upgrade on look. And, you know, you could really make a, a vehicle, you know, stand out and, and make people, you know, slow down and come on in and take a look. What about
0: the media? Journalists? Do you listen to a guy like Holman when he says, hey, you should really consider putting cup holders here or adding uh, a 12-volt uh, receptacle there? Does that stuff matter? And have you listened to anything that Holman has actually told you? Because I know that he's offered up a fair amount.
2: Yeah, we, we count on him. Um, you know, his, his head's probably going to get a little bit bigger Oh, he might not even fit out the uh, door. Hold if he on to tell you. Hey. Hey. hey, I'm being,
0: I'm being crushed no.
1: against the wall. Oh, hey, uh, It's so, not right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so watch right. out.
2: He's, uh, but <laughs> I have to say, he's, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you get uh, a little piece of uh, information, uh, but, but Sean really knows the business and he knows the customers and he knows, you know, the competitors. And, and, uh, we, we've had a lot of really cool conversations and, you know, got to give him credibility for, um you know what he's been able to contribute to both the jeep and the ram brands you know over the years he's been a real uh, friend of the brand and uh, really kind of helped us keep on the straight and narrow when we're maybe going the wrong direction with uh, with jeep that's really important uh, and then i even remember you know having you know brought in on early on on what's now the uh, the jl kind of been in the marketplace for a couple of years but he got an early view of that and we kind of made some adjustments uh, some of the things we still haven't got ready with, which you know, I blame that on my couple of years at Ram, but we didn't end up doing what we, we should have done with Jeep. Some of those stuff stuff is uh, is still coming. Um, we got back on the right track, but always been a nice uh, gentle nudge here or there to say, you know, we need to do this or do that. Or have you thought of this or thought of that? And and uh, there's been some really, uh, really good uh, outcomes. But I think, uh, you know, I, I have to thank Sean for, for helping along the way because he's got a really good insight for uh, for a lot of things.
0: Can you recall anything that he has direct, has had direct impact on? Like, have you changed anything specifically? I can think of a couple things. A bolt, the dashboard, anything where you can recall that he said, you really should consider this and here's why. And then you actually implemented it because I would be uh, honored to be sitting in the same room as him if that were true.
2: Well, it is. In fact, there's a lot of things about the JL that are kind of incumbent in you know, the whole platform now that, uh, that have a lot to do with him. In fact, if you can you know rebel 12 that, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. It's like, Hey, did you put leather and 12 uh, inch radio in the, in the new rebel? Uh, yeah, we, um, <laughs> um <laughs> as we were sitting in one with an eight, four radio, and talk, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, we, we made those changes pretty quick. And, and, uh, that was, that was rebel 12. I think all I came up with, in that one is with the name. Um, but, um, but that was an example. I remember, uh, we rear lockers on, um, on, uh, on Wranglers. I remember that conversation as we were standing in the dome, kind of crawling underneath the new, uh, JL, um, you know, remember that you and Rick, Oh yeah. um, Sean were in the dome and we were, uh, we were talking about whether you run, uh, you know, how do you get, uh, lockers to run at high speed and whether we needed to put high speed lockers on the JL, and then the, the truck. I remember we had a, we had a lot of conversations about the uh, the Gladiator uh, with Sean because uh, from his truck world and his Jeep world, you know, we we did a lot you know, back and forth. I would just text him in the middle of a meeting. You know, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, no. Okay, well, what do you think of this? Yeah. that <laughs> That is, that is <laughs> true. This is too late. Yeah. <laughs> he, so I would we'll, get, it's
1: like he's cheating in I class. would get that's, random. That's uh, <laughs> it would be like middle of the day and I'd get one random text with a, with a question from Jim and yeah. I would just answer it and I wouldn't hear from him for like a week. And I'm like, okay.
0: You had no idea that you were chasing changing the course of a meeting.
1: <laughs> no. High no. up. I thought he just, somebody maybe walked in his office and said, what do you think about this? And he's like, hold on. But um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff, even, even some little stuff. Like I think when uh, Rick Payway and I came into the studio. We were there, uh, I want to say it was maybe two years before JL came out. That's how early. And there was a carbon fiber uh, mock up, and then there's just a bunch of chassis and stuff in there. And we wrote a list of like 25 to 30 things that we thought could be better or changed. And to Jeep's credit, they did about 80% of that list. And like Jim was saying, I know there's probably another 10 or 15% of that list that uh, is in the process still. And then the other 5% was just like moonshot stuff that we wanted. But um, we talked about how all the RAMs now have all, almost anyway, all LED lighting on the outside. That was a conversation where I told Jim, I don't think consumers want a mixture of incandescent and LED lights. No,
0: drives me batty. And brand new 2020s have a mix. Like what? Stop that.
1: Yeah, the only incandescent light on a new RAM is the... uh, the, the center-high-mounted stop lamp and cargo light, <laughs> yeah, but that's getting yeah, we fixed. Missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim, Jim yeah. told me, he goes, hey, look what I did. I, I, I got this completely changed. It's all LEDs. And I go, hey, can I show you something real oh, quick? No. And we walk around the back, he goes, what?
0: Yeah. No. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we try. Yeah, didn't fire that guy. But...
2: Hey, <laughs> um, to, to, you remember, the, remember a couple of weeks ago when, on the show you were talking about, uh, hey, why don't rear tail lamps come on? One of the things we do with uh, with Jeeps when they go into snow mode, you know, you put a, the the, uh, the WYSI dial, the select train dial on, on the uh, on the Jeeps. When you put it into snow mode, it, it puts the uh, torque distribution at 50-50. The chassis electronics go to hyperdrive, and it really starts in second gear, so you don't slip, and it does all the really cool things that Jeep should do in the snow. Um, but one of the really cool subtle things that it does is it turns on the tail lamps too. So it's if smart. you're in a snowstorm night or day, you know, you don't get uh, rear-ended with, uh, you know, with the, with the clown coming up behind you too fast. So doesn't see you in the snow. But that's uh, I'm with you. That that's a uh, that's a real good safety thing. Does and, it bug you,
0: I- Jim, that that you're driving on the highway where you are, and all the time you're seeing cars, you roll up to them on the back, you, you're behind them. And you can tell that there are lights on in the front of the car because you can see the glow, but you're staring at a black rear end. Like, there's no lights on. You come along the side of them, and sure enough, their their DRLs are on or their fog lights else. are on. Yep. So their dash is on because their dash is staring at them. And there's are you going to turn this into another headlight rant? I guess not. <laughs> but I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. if it, does it drive Jim crazy or is it just me?
2: Oh, uh, it, 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 it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I you know one of the things, too, when you think about it, you can actually take a, the, the switches out – Altogether, once you go to that mode, but you need to give the the customer the uh, the ability to turn them all the way off. So we give them the uh, give them the flexibility. So
0: who's who's turning them off? Like who's doing that? Are they taking it to the car wash and some doofus is turning them all the way off? Or like how are they getting into that mode? Are we is-
1: still? We have the head of a car company on the podcast,
0: and you're but he shares a love, it, he shares a <laughs> hatred, and I'm I'm bonding with Jim over this. I think you're just trying to get him
1: to fix it for you. I you well that, wa- that is true. You just yes. want Jim to take one of your ideas so that you can say that you helped them
0: out as well, Jim. Can we make an LED, uh, I don't know, a window or oh or, or maybe uh, or the license plate frame where I can message people no. to the side or, and I can you're, say, turn your damn lights on. You're
1: not allowed to have that. No? No, you can't have that. No.
0: No. I, I just want to go back to uh, working with Jim real quick. Jim's ignoring us right now. Do you hear this? He's doing. He's cooking right now. He's making
2: a bagel. Actually, I'm letting dogs out. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go.
1: I, I just want to go back to uh, just really mutual respect for Jim. Uh, I met him. I don't know. Probably back in 2010 when he went back to Jeep. Um, so yeah, what's happened been... here
0: is I, I upset him, and now you're trying to I'm reel trying, him back to bring in, bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it.
1: Um, but <laughs> you know, we just we hit it off, and I, one of the things I love doing is talking product. It's one of my favorite things to do, and so I've been lucky to have a bunch of NDAs as as we've talked about, and and talk to car companies and help you know help to mold and and help with the direction to make these products better when they come out. And to Jim's credit, we've always had amazing conversations to the point where I think some of the people that work for Jim are like, oh, what did Sean say to him now? Like, that's happened. and But it turns out it's it's the right thing or it, it makes sense for the consumer. But there's been a lot of opportunities where Jim and I have been in a vehicle together, just the two of us, where we've had some really great conversations about product and why is this this way and what can we do here? And and to, to go, I've got the Rebel 12 right now from uh, four-wheeler uh, pickup truck of the year and- Every time I get in the truck, there's all the little things that we've talked about over the years that I can still appreciate as a, a consumer. And uh, anyway, we just—I've had lots of opportunities where I've sat in Jim's office and had a bowl of chili, and then we went and drove some uh, some trucks. Or he wanted me to come out to uh, certain media. You don't
0: want to be in a truck with Holman after <laughs> chili, Jim. You know that you don't have chili with Holman, and then go in a truck like that's just that's bad for your nose. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that wasn't well timed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, good times. Okay, let's let's flip the script a little bit. Uh, something I wanted to talk about is you announced um, I don't know less than a year ago about the electrification of a Wrangler, and we wanted you to talk about the future of because I feel like lately Holman and I have been doing a lot of interviews with uh, with companies and people around this around electrification or some hydrogen. Some fuel or, cells, some electric, cells, whatever yeah. it is. Some but the, uh, upstarts. So it feels like it's we're on the precipice, like we're, we're jumping in yeah. now. We're, how how we, does a major brand, how do you get your technology and obviously your
1: vast resources to put out the right product? Because obviously there's a lot of these newcomers that are shiny and interesting uh, that are coming to hopefully in their minds change the world. And you're trying to keep your business and your customers that you've cultivated for so long.
0: Yeah. And, and is this all hype?
2: Well, you know, I think, um, I think Electric vehicles are, are going to be an important part of the future. And I think, you know, from the Jeep perspective, you know, we've, uh, we've announced that we're going to have all the models that will carry some uh, form of electrification options by by 2022. Um, and when you think of it, the way we're approaching it, you know, is it's going to be the natural evolution for, uh, for Jeep. And you think about what I was talking about before is you know Jeep 4x4 capability is the cornerstone of our brand. And four-wheel drive leadership is really what's, you know, expected from the Jeep brand. So when you think of, of, uh, you know, that all the way back to 1941, you know, the Willys, you know, the the first, uh, you know, hubs, the first, um, you know, automatic transfer case, the first locking differentials, you know, all the stuff that uh, that we've pushed forward with over the years uh, with all of our different uh, Jeep vehicles, we've really been pushing the edge of capability with uh, with four-wheel drive leadership, and and this is really kind of a natural evolution of it of, when you think about it. When you think of, you know, all of the torque that's available in the electric motors, and the delivery of uh, of that in a way that you can actually, you know, really improve the capability of the vehicles. It's really going to be a natural evolution for uh, for Jeep as we uh, as we you know move forward with our electric vehicles. We're going to call them, you know, four by Es. Um, you know, four. Um, instead of four by four, four by e, or uh, electric, and and uh, you know they will definitely get noticed. But I think most importantly is their their uh, capability is going to be what uh, what drives their differentiation uh, in a Jeep.
1: So I've been told by Jim, and I won't go into anything beyond what I can talk about. But Jim has promised me that the four by e Wrangler will have the same or better capability than the gas internal combustion engine version or the diesel internal combustion. When you say
0: capability, do you mean range or just like hill climbing ability doing doing the thing? There's it'll It'll still
1: be Jeep. It'll still be able to do all the things that Jeep can can do. There's no compromises. uh, And I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to testing that to challenging that.
2: Well, I think that's one of the things we'll be able to keep, you know, keep our um, uh, needle pointed in the right direction on because you know, there, there is um, the importance of our brand is that we deliver what our customers are looking for. Really, you know, the Jeep brand is run by our customers and they expect us to do that. But, you know, when you have all of that torque on tap and the immediate engine response, you're able to really tune that in a way that, you know, you can either go for range or you can go for capability or you can use a combination of that. And uh, and that's where it's going to be fun you know, to kind of uh, tune that together as we get this, uh, this vehicle closer to, uh, uh, going on and off road. But I think, uh, you know, we've got a way to, to really do it and appeal to, uh, customers that, uh, that no other, uh, no other manufacturer can. If you think of, you know, the number one reason people buy a Wrangler is because it's fun to drive and it's capable. And, uh, if you add a lot of, uh, you no, know, uh, you know, wicked torque on demand, it's going to be a, a really neat, uh, uh, addition to uh, to
1: the range. And that's just it. It's going to be an addition to the range. It's not replacing anything. So it'll be there for people who want it and you'll still have the traditional internal combustion engine versions for people who don't. But sort of we're in this, this zone right now, this period of time where things are kind of uh, a center at the moment. And you're talking about with COVID? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, just okay. the, the fact that everything is sort of not normal right now. And one of the casualties of that was no no vehicle launches. Literally the week after all this started, I was supposed to go out to Palm Springs to drive the new Jeep Gladiator Mojave. And so I wanted to talk to Jim about how do you get new vehicles out there uh, when you don't have a traditional launch? In terms of Gladiator, it's a little bit different. You guys ended up dropping one off at my house, and then I ended up doing a review on it. Must be nice. Which you can find at fourwheeler.com to check it out. But what's what's interesting is um, without the traditional background... How do you make sure the journalists have all the materials they need? How do you make sure that people know the vehicles available? That's a halo vehicle for the Jeep brand.
2: Yeah, it is. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're liking that uh, uh, Mojave. And uh, I'm awesome. glad you're uh, uh, having some fun with it. The, the, the only thing I would say, I, I have to say we did screw up the name. Um, you know, it's, it's very good at doing, you know, um, high speed in the sand um, as you, uh, I saw some of the pictures from your article, that was great. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you, cause I've been driving one here, uh, in, uh, in Michigan this time of year, I live in a dirt road. So, you know, it's a, it's a really long dirt road with a lot of potholes. I was, I was ripping down, uh, the road with the, the first uh, Mojave I brought home. And, uh, my wife kind of looked at me as I was driving from side to side, kind of going after the potholes. And she looked <laughs> like, well, why is this so smooth? You know, and the next thing you know, I'm doing like 80 miles an hour down the road, you know, swerving towards the potholes. Uh, But we should have called it the uh, Michigan pothole eater. Yeah, right. uh, (laughs) Because uh, those uh, fox bypass shocks are incredible. Um, they, uh, they really, uh, they they really soak them up. But now I've even forgotten the question. What what was the, what was your question?
1: So how do you uh, get the word out? How do you launch a vehicle without having your traditional auto show, without having your traditional media drives, without having the normal way? How are you guys pivoting to make sure that people understand that, hey, the Gladiator Mojave and some other stuff, you got Gladiator diesel coming up soon too. These vehicles are out there
2: and they're ready for you. Part of it is doing the things like we're doing right now and, um, you know, talking through, uh. the different mediums i have to say we did a a neat kind of first time thing that we've done you know this time of the year usually we uh, connect with a lot of uh, customers out in moab and we weren't able to do that this year so we we did a uh, kind of an online q a supposed to be a round table the uh, the technology wasn't really there so they sent in the questions and we answered them kind of live on the air Uh, but that was a way that we you know kind of connected with our customers and got the word out a little bit on you know the new Mojave and and uh, you know what the you know future is coming for uh, for Jeep. So you know a little bit of uh, uh, a sidestep in the way you know we're getting the uh, uh, the news out to the customers, but you know that our customers are really uh, they're getting a lot of information from a lot of different sources. You know a little more time to do the research, and you know there's uh, there's a lot of that happening on uh, on Jeep.com. People are you know spending a lot of time learning and and dreaming and and falling in love with their next Jeep.
0: What are the long-term effects of, of COVID? Like what, you know, you're sitting, you're having these meetings right now. You've gotta be saying, what is this gonna do to our brand? What's we gonna do to sales? How do we recover from this? And you're not the only executive that's having this conversation. What's this? What's the landscape gonna look like for manufacturers in six, nine months?
2: You know, we've seen a little bit about how, um, you know, the, uh, the, the China market has recovered um, and uh, everyone's got their own point of view. I've been a little bit more optimistic on, uh, on the American, you know, consumers kind of coming back online, you know, and getting back to normal here relatively soon. You know, I think the key is is to get certainly a lot of the folks that are, you know, um, unfortunately out of work right now because of, you know, the, the uh, you know, what the job they do not available. Um, we're actually doing some really cool things, you know, with, uh, with the Jeep customer and Jeep waves to try to help them out as well. So I'm really proud of what we're doing uh, for those customers uh, to, uh, to help, but, I think you know once the confidence comes back and you know some of the stimulus programs that the government's working on com, uh, comes back, I think this economy is is uh, very robust and I think it'll bounce back you know, quicker than most people uh, think. And I think the confidence uh, that uh, the people have, you know, now versus you know maybe 2008 are, are kind of deep rooted. And and I think um, you know people will be you know glad to uh, get out and and uh, start. Uh, enjoying, I think the world will change, and I think for sure people will be acting differently and the social distancing and all of that kind of stuff. We're seeing a lot of uh, customers shopping online, you know, versus um, you know going right into the dealerships. In fact, we've set up a really cool, you know, uh, system where our dealers can work directly with our website, kind of as the uh, as the liaison for the you know pulling pulling the customers in the in the uh, dealership together. So you can do a lot of the stuff right on uh, on Jeep.com now. That I mean, that was something that we were working on, uh, and probably was you know going to launch in phases over the the next uh, months and years. And we've just pulled that forward and, and been able to you know provide the customers an online shopping experience and you know right down to the uh, you know the driveway deliveries. You know, drop off your Jeep and you know learn about it in your driveway in a nice, safe way. And and uh, you know, the customers are doing more and more of that. So I think that's really you know, going to change you know that part of the uh, environment as well, even after we get through the crisis.
0: I don't know if all the other manufacturers are going to fare as well as Jeep because Jeep, Jeep doesn't have just people well, that buy cars. They have they have loyalists. Well, they have, a,
1: they have it's a lifestyle brand, right? Right, and, right? So that's what I'm saying. And you're so, selling freedom, and I think if people are wanting to recreate and do it away from people, I think they see the Jeep brand as
0: a way to do that. Well, a Jeep is something that you're going to scrimp on toilet paper so you can buy the Jeep. Like you're going well, to yeah, make because a, if you're in the back country, you only need a pine cone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> you're I still a, don't did, get the toilet
2: paper thing. I, I, just, yeah, right. I, just, I, just, I just don't get the. It's toilet not. Paper a, thing, it's but,
1: not a. It's yeah. not a poop crisis. It's a. I, I get the. I get the paper towels because you're
0: washing your hands more. But I
1: never yeah. understood the toilet no, paper. Somebody. Thing. <laughs> so somebody they, started that. Well,
0: just the. Someone started just the way that you know someone started. Someone was patient zero in Wuhan or wherever it was. Right. There was a. Number one, there was yeah. some some person on social media, probably or or in a market <laughs> that bought all the toilet paper. Or in a market, or it was a Russian. Yeah. You know what I mean? With fake news, a bot, a, a bot. A bot. Was, somebody somewhere started it, and it was wildly successful. And yeah. we're so gullible that yeah. we went for it.
1: By the way, it it's uh, toilet paper is finally back six weeks later at my Costco, so I'm happy about that. Oh yeah, and you stocked up.
2: You because well, Jim, yeah, do you, Jim, <laughs> do you know what
0: Holman did to get toilet paper? Yeah, I do. I had to make.
2: the guy in the Shady Man. It's true. Had to make a. Black market yeah. toilet paper deal. He totally did. He was just like, take care an, of my family."
0: He was buying. Was it black tar heroin? No, it was toilet paper. It was worse. <laughs> it, was the, it was
1: the white smack, as we call it. <laughs> exactly. I'm
2: glad. I'm glad he didn't go for the upsell with the sanitizer, though. I mean, that would have just been offside. Yeah, so.
1: I just, I just figured yeah. that was too far. That was too much. Too
2: far. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that Jeep does have, you know, going for it with, with this is the patriotism and the uh, the Americana that that brings, and that we've been true to for uh, forever. You know, with uh, with the American brand um, is resonates for sure with a lot of folks right now. And, and, um, you know, Jeep has always been, you know, the most patriotic. I mean, if you went on and and just Googled American flag and Jeep, you'll, I mean, there's a million pictures. I mean, I, I saw a guy, you have to own the SEO on that, right. American flag. uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing what they do. And, and we actually, there was a, there was a, uh, um, a survey that came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, done by Younggovs.com and uh, because of all the stuff that's been going on, the Jeep brand consideration was, was tre- trending up you know, more than any other uh, vehicle in the marketplace. Um, and uh, and a, a lot of it was because of the, uh, the patriotism and the American um, you know, brand uh, connection that Jeep has that nobody else has.
1: I wonder if people realize that uh, Jeep probably has more vehicle lines in plants in America than basically any other auto manufacturer in terms of the majority of your lineup is made right here in the U.S.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, you know, Grand Cherokee right here in Detroit. We've got uh, Renegade uh, coming from, from offshore, coming built in Italy. Um, and uh, But if you look at Gladiator, uh, Ohio, and, um, and then of course uh, Wrangler in Ohio too. So a lot of uh, right close to uh, uh, the home of the brand here in Detroit. And then a little bit farther out, we've got uh, Cherokee in uh, in Belvedere, Illinois. So a lot of um, vehicles being produced right here uh, in the heart of the brand.
0: Jim, let's talk about customization for a second. Uh, I'm a big fan of the aftermarket, as is Holman. And Jeep is what we've just – casually we just say Jeep is the most customized vehicle on the planet. Kind of we say it flippantly. We don't have any data. You know, We've been told that SEMA has some data, et cetera. But you would be – we'd be getting it from the horse's mouth. Is Jeep, specifically the Wrangler, the most customized vehicle on the planet?
2: You know, the only time a Wrangler is, in my view, isn't customized is when it's on the truck going from the uh, the plant to the dealer. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, that's that's the really only true uncustomized Wrangler um, for sure. It is, it is by far. You know, and and I, you know, I've seen a lot of vehicles, you know, over my years and. And it's the connection to the customer and the passion that their Wrangler customers have. They just, you know, they make it their own. And whether, you know, they, they make it their own by putting stickers on it uh, or, you know, putting, you know, some, uh, some really uh, cool, well, how to even say wheels, it? wheels, tires, it's,
0: suspension, anything. I mean, all of it. Well, you yeah. know,
2: I'm just trying to think of the stuff that, like, the, the person that doesn't really modify for capability. They're putting... You know, graphics and stickers and you know all that kind of stuff to to really change the look of their Wrangler. Gotcha. Carbon fiber um,
1: appliques, yeah, <laughs> you know all
2: that kind of stuff. And then there's then there's the the hardcore guys that uh, that everybody knows and loves. You know that starts out with uh, you know taking their uh, uh, 33s and turning them into 35s, uh, and then the next thing you know the 35s get a one inch lift. The next thing you know they get a two inch lift, and then the 35s uh, or 37s, and then their axle ratio. Uh, changes. And then their rear end, you know, is, uh, is upgraded to, and then they start doing, you know, mods to the engine to give it more torque. And then they, you Just know, Just empty um, every
1: pocket. That's yeah. uh, uh, that's what we love about yep, Jeep. <laughs> yep. You know
2: what the neat thing is, is it all can happen kind of in stages. And your Jeep is never really lost in its, um, you know, in, in any step of the way, you know, and, and the nice thing is in what no other vehicle can do and, and, you know, Grand Cherokee uh, has got it as well, but, the scope of, you know, what you can do and where you can take your Wrangler is, uncom- is, is no one else uh, can compare to it. I mean, you can take a, uh, a cool Wrangler, you can um, take it down the Rubicon Trail, you can take it to Moab, you can run it to your buddy's garage and throw it up on a hoist and play with it. You know, you can, you can pick up your mother-in-law and take her to church in it. And it's acceptable all the way through that range that really, um, you know, no other vehicle has that sort of scope in, in the marketplace today. And it's incredible because that's all stuff that's customer driven, you know, uh, whether they want to modify it a little or modify it a lot. And and that's what, uh, what we love about the Wrangler. And, you know, one of the things that we we push really hard for all along is we really need to make sure that it's very easily modified and customizable. You know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, the, the reason of having, you know, the solid axles and, and all of the uh, things that we, you know, kind of hold true to what Wrangler can do. Um, a lot of it's capability based, but a lot of it's upfit based so that we know where that it's the really the ease of the customization that's important for our customers. And, and we don't lose sight of that. And, um, you know, staying close to the guys that, uh, that upfit their, their Jeeps and modify them and customize them is is really important because That's what they're looking for, and that's what we can uh, deliver like nobody else. Speaking of customization,
0: some of your competition, one in particular, I won't name the company, but will deny your warranty. You go. No? Well, yeah, maybe (laughs) you go. No one said you go on the show in 89 episodes. Thank you. 119? Um, If you come in with larger tires, they void your warranty. You re-gear it. Well, they they okay. deny your warranty. Well, hold on. That's a, do- that's illegal. No, it's the Magnuson Moss
1: Act pre- protects against that. I'd flip it the other way. Yes, there are dealerships that will flag you for doing certain things, but they can't void your whole warranty until they so- can determine if it did something. I, I think Jeep- as a as a company is probably one of the most aftermarket friendly manufacturers well, okay, out there. Okay, but
0: that's why I'm asking, and I wanted to get that out. So they're ignoring the Mag- Magnuson Moss Act, and if you guys aren't familiar with it, Google it; it'll pop right out. It'll tell yeah. you that basically you cannot get a warranty denied unless the 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 part that you modified caused had, the damage, the, caused the failure, yep. right? And they can say, "Listen, we didn't build that; we didn't put it on this vehicle. You, if you change it." and that part that you upgraded broke something else we're not going to fix the part that broke because you broke it you're the we this is not we didn't design it to do what you did well there are dealerships and i happen to know a dozen of them around the country i can name them actually because they're a pain in my ass because but don't they i won't stay on topic i so they will if you roll in with your full-size truck and you, Are you leading the witness right I'm now? Sir, the, do you I'm, have a question? I'm leading. Yes, I am. <laughs> and you roll in with 37-inch tires, they will say, you've changed the final drive ratio, and we're denying the warranty on your very expensive transmission because you've changed the ratio. The, uh, Even though the, the, ratio. the
1: ratio fixes anything with bigger tires because it brings I'm it back I'm just down telling to, you. Okay.
0: So what I'm asking, I wanted to get Jim's pers- perspective because he's worked... At a dealership, and now he's at corporate. Where do you fall in that situation? Where, where do you draw the line? What yeah. what level of modification is the
1: company okay with? Are you generally accepting of the aftermarket? And then at what point do you guys have to draw the line? I think that's what Lightning's trying to say. Thank you.
2: <laughs> well, you know that's the nice thing about you know working with our dealers because they've got a pretty good. Uh, um, pretty good understanding of, of what's what's right and what's wrong I, you know our our warranty manuals and our lawyers have you know kind of made us drop the words in ways that kind of protect the innocent but it I mean it, the nice thing is the the core and the bones of the vehicle are, are you know are designed and built to uh you know to go down the Rubicon Trail and and uh and to and to, to live um and and last as long as they can so we you know everybody's got rules and we try to live within the rules that we, we've uh, got out there. But, you know, for sure, the, de- the vehicles are designed to uh, go off-road. And, um, you know, and we back that up. And I think uh, one of the things that uh, we just actually won an award for having the longest lasting SUVs in America. Um, and, you know, you, you don't do that by, by not building, you know, the, the very uh, best, you, you know, and robust, um, you know, powertrains and and uh, and drivelines and and all the stuff that uh, people like to, uh, um, you know, count on every day, um, have fun with you know wheeling on the weekends and and uh, and push to the extreme. So you know it all starts with building the best and uh, and 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 uh, backing it up. Hold
1: on, I'd like to add that I've been a Jeep owner for a long time, and I've never once had a warranty denied denied okay. at any dealer, and I've been to multiple dealers, <laughs> and I've owned Wranglers with 37s on them. Suspension lift kits, all that, and I've never had a warranty. But Jim,
0: looking at the other the other companies, your competitors, who do these denials and aren't really customer friendly, in in my opinion. Now, granted, they're looking after the bottom dollar; like they don't want to pay for repairs that weren't caused by them. That makes sense, right? I get it. But you've got a dealer, you've got a guy who spends a lot of money on a vehicle, and he does a couple minor mods, and they and they says we're not going to fix it. Uh, The guy's now got a very expensive paperweight. So. It seems like Jeep is way more friendly. They're like, we want you as a customer. We're going to do whatever it takes to be, to do right by you. What is your opinion of the other guys? Just like you guys are idiots. Why aren't you doing right by the customer or is it just all a numbers game?
2: Well, you know, I think it's it's a little bit of both, but I think part of, you know, our DNA is, is, you know, is, is the off-road capability that has been built into every one of our Jeeps. So, you know, when you have that, I think you just look at things a little differently. Jim went to politician school. know oh, he's that? very good. Like, he's I mean, had media he, training.
0: He will not crap on anyone. He's <laughs> no. just going to. He's going to spin the it way, and go positive the, Jeep. The, well, you could say that.
1: Except I know Jeep. I I know Jeep personally. <laughs> yes. I know Jim personally, and I can tell you this is exactly who he is in real life too. He's just that kind of guy.
0: I just want him to say something I derogatory do, but, about someone else. But and he's he won't. not going to. I know. I'm just
1: trying. Uh, he'll call me after this interview and say something derogatory about you for putting him on the spot. Well, good. At least I <laughs> squeezed it out of him.
0: I don't care if it's about me. Good. All right. So, uh, <laughs>
1: speaking of aftermarket and upfits and all that stuff, what the hell happened with our Moab concepts? And since each Easter Jeep Safari didn't happen, are we ever going to see them? That's one of our favorite uh, things yeah, every dude. year. We got ripped off. Yeah,
2: you know, damn. You know, they, they uh, the paint was still drying, and uh, we actually had like eight of them. And uh, you know, I um, I couldn't wait to get back to Moab. In fact, you know, when Mike asked me to come back to Jeep, they called my uh, family and. The boys, that was the first thing they said. Is like Moab, and you know we've yeah. uh, they couldn't wait to get back, and, and then you know we're we're making the plans, you know, and and uh, you know should have been uh, you know still uh, uh, dusting ourselves off from all of the, uh, the the runs in Moab, you know, from recent. But um, I forget the question now. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, what what happened
1: they, to them? Are they did they all go into the abyss?
0: Do they still exist? Are we going to see them before the end of the year? Are they in a warehouse that we can go and see them?
2: Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're they're in our headquarters, and um, you know we um, I, I um, I'm actually if you can see my desk, it's uh, it's one of these pieces of paper here that I've kind of spread over one of these pieces of paper that shows what we're doing with them. But yeah, they'll they'll see the light of day for sure, and, and we'll have some fun with them because you know one of the things that we do with our with our with our concepts is we test things, right? So um, in fact, one of the things that we were going to do with with them is is uh you know we get closer and closer to productions testing you know some of the concepts that with you know could actually come into production and um you know i was really looking forward to the feedback you know from some of these so we gotta we gotta still work and get those uh get those vehicles out of, out there um it's also you know so you guys know it's a gigantic excuse for us to go four wheeling you know with uh, with these jeeps it's really i think what uh you know what they're all about but um, once we come back and are getting back to normal, you'll start to see those things uh, you know, hitting the airwaves, which is uh, something that we look forward to.
1: One of the things you talked about is sort of cool that they do use the Moab concept vehicles mm-hmm. as hints at what's coming in the future. And so you can always pick out something. Mark Allen and his team have, have always, they have little Easter eggs, as you like to uh, mm-hmm. look for. And if you go back I'm in waiting, time... For, I'm
0: still waiting for the bearded man to show up in
1: one <laughs> of them, right? <laughs> yeah, have, uh, Jim, I don't know if... Uh, if uh, you heard this, but Mark Allen, when we were talking about the flip flop Easter egg that's on the JL, I was giving. We have you.
2: It's the Sasquatch.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, the, the Sasquatch. <laughs> you know, is that why? That's a big fat guy. Yeah. I love it. Uh, By the yeah, way, there, the there's a Sasquatch on the, uh, on the back of the Renegade, I believe. And Loch Ness Monster hidden on the, uh, on, on the Cherokee or the compass? No, the compass. So, anyway, and there's. a the
2: little spider, yeah. Yeah, and oh, then there's, really? there's, there
1: used to be a spider that was hidden on the Renegade that said, Chow, baby. Why? On the early productions, because they were made in Italy. But why the spider? It was just like it was hitching a ride from the plant to America, and it had a little thought bubble that said, Ciao, baby. And it almost made it to production. Jim, were you the one who killed it before it got here?
2: Yeah, I panicked.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no. It was one of the most awesome things. You opened it up, and and, and you opened the body color door, and the black plastic around the fuel filler had this little spider hanging out there with a the thought bubble, said, Ciao, baby!
0: Now, why'd you kill it? Why are you the uh, killer of fun? <laughs>
2: the fun Yeah, side. I know. I know. Yeah, hopefully I'm, I'm the maker of more fun than the killer of fun. Okay. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but what was it about the spider? Was it, you just like, eh, it didn't fit our brand, or... Yeah,
2: it was, just, it was just too playful. That one didn't make sense. <laughs> too playful. To <laughs> okay, yeah. I got
0: it. It's not rugged.
1: Okay, I can see that. That's, that's, uh, that's fair enough. Anyway, if you go back in time, you can you can pick out some of the things on past concepts that translate into production. So I'm always looking at them going, ooh, what can I pick out that's going to be coming up? And uh, you guys have an incredibly busy 18 months ahead of you. I, I don't know if you can maybe top line, talk about some of the things that are on the way or is that off off topic?
2: You know, I'm probably stretching it a little bit right now, but um, you know, I think we we do have a really good set of uh, of concepts that I can't wait to get out there. We got there's you know, some cool powertrains. Um, we got some cool looks. You know, the uh, um, you know the overlanding thing is really continuing to grow. So you know that and a diesel and a and a uh, gladiator make a lot of sense. And so we're going to be experimenting with you know, with a lot of that kind of good stuff too. So you know, can't wait to get some customer feedback.
0: Uh, so Jim, I'm a I'm a diesel guy, and I'm really I haven't driven any of the the diesel product yet. And Holman keeps promising that we're going to get a chance to go out and play with one. What's your opinion of of the diesel powertrain and the Gladiator, the JL, et cetera?
2: I, I really love uh, diesel too. I I, um, I have to admit we have, I had a lot to do with the thousand and and uh, and the Cummins uh, Ram trucks. And uh, right now in my driveway, I do have a. a, a
1: are excited. Yeah, they love you, Jim. They love you as much as we do. You hear that guy in the back hooting yeah. and hollering over the thousand, 1000 thousand
0: pound feet of torque.
2: <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I've got uh, I've got one of those in my driveway too. But the um, the, the diesel in um, in Wrangler and to become in, in Gladiator uh, is is a good example of of us listening to the customers. Uh, but it's incredible, I have to tell you, because you know, as as we're listening to customers over the years, and and we tried to do it in JK when I was uh, when I was there, and we just ran out of time to to make it uh, make a business case work for it because um, of the short period of time until it was transitioning to the JL. But we knew it was something we had to do with uh, with the JL and you know, with uh, the three liter and you know, with so much torque, it's just the right size. It's just the right uh, amount of uh, of power uh, for this thing, and and it's incredible. So. You know, obviously, 462 pound-feet of torque—it's—it's it's incredible for an off-road capability machine. Uh, but the ease to do as an everyday driver over 500 uh, miles range—it's—it's it's just incredible what the thing will do. It's about 200
1: um, miles more than your standard. Jeep Wrangler with the gas engine. So, just to show you the efficiency of the diesel, and I got to tell you, it won four wheeler uh, our SUV of the year award this year. And driving it off road, there's with, almost with the diesel. With the diesel, okay. There's almost no turbo lag. It, um, you can't even the, the suspension tuning is so well done by Jeep engineering. You don't really feel the extra weight of the diesel engine over the front axle, and it just crawls up anything you pointed at. I mean, it's just really fun to drive. Um, you can get on the horsepower on the turbo really quick, but when you want to go slow and and crawl, it's it's awesome.
0: Are they offering it with a uh, stick? Oh, no, they're they're not.
2: That's wow. Sad about that. Okay. Yeah, I guess I want want, but the, <laughs> um, it just couldn't make the business case work. But the uh, the the best video from the four wheeler video with you guys were going up the hill. Yeah. You know the snow covered hill and yeah. and all the the, the test and all of the trucks were getting stuck halfway up and whatever and the next thing you know. The uh, it was like the little engine that could the, that was the Wrangler me. comes up and it goes <laughs> and then it keeps going and then it's like going right out of sight. Everything else kind of stopped in view, and the <laughs> Wrangler with the diesel just kept on going, and and uh, it's incredible. But I mean, the the, the customers are right. I mean, it's great with capability. It's great with fuel economy. Uh, not that anyone cares right now. I mean, what's what's fuel? Uh, even in California, it's probably under two bucks, right? Close um, to it, you know. I mean, it's a dollar forty here in Michigan. If you can believe oh, my that. God. Yeah, I mean um, we we
0: have absurd taxes. Yeah, you know, I mean it's yeah, it's like three three quarters of the amount that you spend I on every gallon. I think I two thirty nine today or something right. like that. Yeah, it's all tax. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I mean, diesel is even cheap here. I mean, diesel is even under three bucks. Um, here it's it's incredible how uh, how cheap diesel is, but the uh, you know the combination that that uh, provides is is really incredible. The instant torque, as uh, as Sean mentioned. It's just a blast to drive i mean people drive Wranglers because they're fun to drive and uh and this is incredible in fact I, I did uh i did a run with the uh, uh in the rubicon with the new diesels and i actually for those that know the the rubicon i got halfway up cadillac hill and in, in four high it has got so much torque it didn't even need to put it into four low or use lockers or anything it just had so much torque it was amazing eventually i did just because i was i needed to play with something but put it into four low and, and, uh, started playing with the lockers and the thing was just incredible. Like a tank it would go anywhere, but when you're driving down the highway, it's quiet. You don't even know you're running a diesel. Um, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's got incredible uh, range. So it's a, uh, it's a great addition. In fact, if, you know, if the plant hadn't uh, been shut down, I'd be driving a pre-production, um, Gladiator with that engine in it now, so can't wait. We're going to apply that to uh, to Gladiator as well, and have that out by the end of the year. So
0: excited! So, uh, so it'll be good. Now that's a V8 Matori engine, correct?
2: It is. Okay, yep, three liter. So
0: you've got the your pick of the litter, your Jeep. You can choose any engine you want. How do you decide on that configuration, that brand, etc.?
2: You know the uh, the three liter we had run in in the uh, in the Grand Cherokee, and run overseas uh, in in uh, with uh, with. Uh, we had a lot of experience with it. So, you know, it, it turned out we ended up buying the company. Um, ah. and, uh, and now, you know, it's a little bit, uh, you know, a foregone conclusion when you're looking for something in the two to three liter range, you, you pick the one you own. But, you know, it, it's a really good uh, um, vehicle and, and uh, a lot of fun to drive. So uh, if you haven't experienced it yet, uh, go, uh, go take it for a rip. I hope know. to soon.
1: You're yes. just going to call your local dealership and say, uh, Jim Morrison told me I could borrow this one. Uh, they would be like, yeah, right. Actually, <laughs> my local dealership, I uh, recently uh, got, well, purchased, I haven't seen it yet, my, right. uh, my Wrangler. And uh, Jim did a little wink-wink for me, and I appreciated that.
0: Now, how did he hook you up? He just accelerated the process?
1: Yeah, he just made you... it really simple. He pulled it off a train for me, by the way. He was headed to the wrong place.
2: I think we freaked out your dealer. I think we built it in like three days, and he's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> he wasn't expecting it. So to. a built typical months,
1: a typical Jeep takes, like right now, the order, big, well, maybe not right this minute, but when I ordered in the beginning of the year was six to eight weeks. So you put in your order for what you want, six mm. to eight weeks, the Jeep pops out and gets transported and shows up to your dealer. And so I went, and my dealer, I set everything up, and then Jim said, what's your vehicle order number? And this was on a Friday. And I said, uh, okay, here's my vehicle order number. He goes, okay, I'll have it built for you next week. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, the guy running Jeep basically said, uh, I'll I'll have it built for you next week. <laughs> funny. Whatever. Right, right, yeah. And my dealer calls me freaking out on Tuesday and they go, "It's on a train, it's on a train." <laughs> and he goes, "We've never in the history of this company seen any vehicle built that fast." Well, the problem with it being on a train was I was drop shipping it to AEV in Michigan. Oh, I'm
0: glad it wasn't on the train through Nevada like it toppled over well, like yeah, the last one. This was after
1: that, okay. way after that. So anyway, it gets drop shipped uh, or it's on its way because I want to get dropships, but it gets to a train. And so I called Jim and I'm like, hey, uh, no, you're busy. <laughs> uh, hey. But my Jeep might be headed to the wrong place. And about, uh, I don't know, it was like 12 hours later, Jim goes, oh, we got it all sorted out.
2: Yeah. No, I, it, it's fun. We can't wait for you to get in that Jeep. And at the time it was neat because we were like, okay, you know, we're going to. Get that to you so you can run it in Moab, and you know things have changed a little bit. But uh, can't wait for you to see what that uh, new Jeep looks like.
1: Well, and you guys are giving me a hard time about it. It was like, hey, you helped out with uh, with this this product, and we sort of did these changes because you said do these changes, and you still don't have one. When are you getting your damn Jeep? And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm I think well, I'm you ready. Well, you
0: could now. you could I mean, you couldn't sell your old one. You know what I mean? You were it's not that you couldn't, but you were like. You were asking a fair penny for it and you were well, holding yeah. out. Well, and I was all I that was b- when
1: I was balancing out, Do I already have one that's already built and you know, even though yeah. I really want the J L and it's sort of you know, they got went after all the things about the JK that were that could be better, the JL fixed all that stuff, and then and then my wife gave me the okay and I'm like, All right, that's good and then I it's just it's a big it's a <laughs> hold on, don't gloss over that. The wife gave me my okay. She was she was good with it. She's right. She her mom bought one and then she goes, How's it feel that it another friend bought one? How's it feel everyone has a JL but you? And she goes, You should probably get yours now. And it's like, Okay. Thank but, God. Yeah, well, but it's, I've been excited because it's like, you know, I haven't had a new vehicle. I mean, obviously, I test things, but I haven't had my own new vehicle since, you know, 2000. And I guess it was 11. It's
0: because you're a spoiled brat. You get to drive <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? Why would you buy one if you just get to test everything for a couple of weeks at a time? Well, I mean, I you still get like sea time and everything. Yeah. That's I true. Know. I do
1: get see time and a lot of stuff. Yeah.
0: That's no, a, it's a
1: well, great perk of the job. saying, what does it say when I you know, spent my actual money? Right. right? It I speaks mean, volumes. You could have bought anything. Could have bought anything. Well, within reason. This this obviously was a big purchase, and you know, not um, you know a, uh, a thousandaire or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> was able to pull it off, and so appreciate Jim uh, getting it to the right place and getting it built so fast. And just wish I had it in Moab. So now the plan is at some point go out to Michigan, and then on my way
0: home, I'm hitting up Moab. We talked about that, and I said I would pay for gas. I know, I, and uh, I love it now because gas is so cheap. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, then you're buying for the whole trip. i yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll buy the, I'll, do you, let's see, I'll leave, no, I was going to say, I was wacky, I was going to say, I'll buy your plane ticket out, but I won't. <laughs> no, that'd I got, be, that'd be foolish. I got miles, I'm good.
2: I, I don't know if I'll let on to, actually, I messed with the fuel, the fuel gauge in it, though, so. Well, uh, it, don't I, even. I didn't, know, I didn't. I didn't know you were going to be with him um, the Lightning. So you, you better, because Holman's got this streak that he's going for. So you know, we thought we would just mess up his fuel gauge. So you know, when it says fifty miles per uh, to empty, it actually probably means like you're you're better you're you're out then. Uh, so uh, that's why Av um, uh,
1: gave me the fuel caddy for the back. I got, I got uh, uh smart. So, so that way uh, I, I can uh, run that fuel gauge down with reckless abandon.
2: Yeah, you don't want to be. A road trip with uh, with Holman and his uh, and his new Jeep until he, until we reset his uh, <laughs> uh, his fuel gauge.
0: No, I'm I'm looking forward to the adventure. I'll run out with you. All right, I'll run out of fuel. You gotta make it <laughs> <laughs> run out of fuel with me. Yeah. Will you walk with me on the side of the highway? No, I feel like that's a song. I'll run out of yeah. fuel with you. It's kind of like no. a love song no, from the '80s. It's no, no, it's not. Definitely okay. not.
1: Okay, all right. Well, uh, Jim. Thank you for spending an hour with us. I mean, uh, it's—I know you actually have like real work to do. I we figured you'd give us like 15 minutes, but uh, this has been awesome.
2: You know, i, I think I've—I've I've, uh, procrastinated as long as I can. Now I gotta—you know—pull up my notes here for uh, for tomorrow and make sure that I'm not asking for something that I shouldn't. So, uh, the one thing about Mike is, is he, he can pick up a math error or a problem, you know, of 4,000 numbers in in about uh, uh, a nanosecond. So I got to make sure our powders dry here for tomorrow, but. Uh, really good talking to you guys, and and really good, uh, you know, d- uh, doing listening to what you guys do. I enjoy, you know, listening to you guys every uh, every week. I got to say, it was kind of funny because one of the uh, calamities of uh, of not being in your car every day is is my phone started. And it wasn't automatically uh, uploading, you know, because I plug into my Jeep and it automatically uploads the latest. Uh, um, episodes and it was going backwards in time. So I was like, oh, it. why are we going backwards here <laughs> instead of forward? So I had to plug into my Jeep and connect to car CarPlay, and, and, uh, and make it all sort itself out. But um, I really enjoy listening to you guys and, and uh, appreciate what you do and uh, really uh, look forward to doing this again.
0: Wow. I'm not sure how to, how to thank you. Well, how about with a thank you? Uh, thank
1: you, Jim. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. And I think, uh, you know, Oh, it's oh int-
0: wait, 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 wait. Here's the million dollar question. Okay. Jim, tell me, you gave us a five star review. I don't know how to do that.
1: You know <laughs> All right, next time I see you, I'll give us a five star review. I, 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 Steal I gotta, his phone.
2: I got to do, do the. Uh, I can. I can do it right now. But I, I just, you know, as long as as long as your your hands are tough enough to do the the, the, the slap and away you go. But um, yeah, no, I uh, you guys are the best. So keep doing what you're doing.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jim. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Jim Morrison, uh, head of Jeep North America, and you can uh, find Jeep uh, at Jeep.com or at Jeep all over the place. J-E-E-P. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Holman,
0: that just happened.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. I always love talking with Jim and the fact that uh, we had him for a whole segment, not just uh, you know the recorder out in the wild. It was pretty cool. You people understand that he runs a brand? He's the dude in charge of Jeep North America. He's the dude. That's the guy. That's the head the head cheese. The buck
0: stops at him. That's pretty awesome. Is that the phrase? The buck stops
1: at him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he has bosses. Obviously, there's people running global and sure. stuff like that, but uh as far as we're concerned, pretty uh
0: Top of the Pyramid. Crazy. So uh, we just did that. Go us. Yeah, go us. Well, we talked about you being famous for reviewing trucks. Why don't we get into an official one? Truck review! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, buddy. Well, why'd you oh, is that? that the wrong? Yeah, that... that's totally the wrong one. Oh. why would you oh. do
1: that? I thought that's I thought that's what we did there. It's been so long since we've done one of those.
0: Truck <sighs> review, oh, yeah. the golden dragon truck mugs. Ah, uh, come oh. on. we don't. I, it's an uh. Oh. Gosh, such it's a bad a, it's, actor. It's Just so play long. along. I'm right. do, this is the last time I'm doing All it. All right, fine. Truck review. Yeah. Rolling golden dragon truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have enough air left for my my lungs to laugh. <laughs> God, that was awful. Why? But why? Why can't you just play it, along? Just because it
1: has to be different.
0: You can't always do the but same thing. But it was awful different. It
1: was awful different. I'm gonna to uh I'm going to be shocked if you leave this edit in there. Now,
0: I'm almost challenging you listen, to leave l- it. Listen to me, guys. It, here's, here's how it works. We get to the end of that jingle yep. for God knows how many episodes, mm-hmm. and we both together – simultaneously end it with a uh how it started every time i don't know it just started that way and then we started getting a little more exotic we started standing up out of our chairs yeah. grabbing our butt leaning over going uh you know yeah. like whatever it was right now you're just screwing it up you're not even having fun with it you're oh just i was like, having fun with that that was that oh, was fun oh yeah that was your how, fun I, that was my fun i don't get you sometimes
1: <laughs>
0: uh what are we doing Truck review! Oh yeah!
1: Yeah. That's what's a freaking jingle!
0: I played it three times! Not the one where we go, uh? Yeah!
1: (laughs) God damn (laughs) All Alright, let's get on to uh, the latest truck that appeared in my driveway.
0: You do your truck review, I'm gonna go get a drink. You're tiring me out. You want anything?
1: Do you have any Dr. Pepper? No! Alright then, uh, back to the truck review. Hey, I can't do a truck review on my own. That's boring. Nobody wants to just hear me talk about trucks for two hours. They only Good want to hear yes. us talk about trucks for two hours.
0: All
1: right. So here's what uh, showed up in my driveway uh, this past week mm. a stray dog. A 2020 Nissan Frontier with the new 3.8 <gasps> liter dual overhead cam V6. Tell me more. <laughs> you almost had Pepsi come out your nose. Oh my god! What? I wish
0: I wish that would have come to fruition. <laughs> it would have came. It would have been all over my laptop. Oh, that would have been awful. Oh. Would have been awesome. Oh, that hurt. Oh, I bet that
1: hurt. Oh, that. Hurt. I watched
0: that whole Woo! thing happen in slow motion, and it was glorious. Oh my god! That was awesome. Do that again. No. Almost had projectile Pepsi right there. Oh,
1: man. Your laptop was in the splash zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I was pretty excited this week because I got to get my hands on the 2020 Nissan Frontier, obviously with the new 3.8 liter V6, mm-hmm. 310 horsepower. Been waiting for a while. Yeah. Same transmission as the uh, as the new Titan, so nine-speed automatic. And you know what's funny? So that truck was last released in 2004- uh, I believe it was a 2005 model. So over 15 years, 15 model years of that truck where the fenders haven't changed, the doors haven't changed, the interior, minor changes, like a different head unit. So Nissan basically said, successful design, check. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but here's what's amazing to me is we all admit it's an old truck. It, it doesn't have some of the niceties that you'll get on a truck today. It doesn't have car play. It doesn't have you know, remote start. It doesn't have proximity sensors where you can leave your key in your pocket and open it up. It has a shifter that's like six inches tall on a chrome rod, you mm. know, like it's it's very, very dated. However. However. There's some magic to that. However, it is a simple, honest truck that I actually enjoyed driving for the week.
0: That might go a million miles. That will go a million miles. But, but here's what's cool is
1: I was driving it And, you know, the interior is old. The steering wheel is dated. um, The plastics are hard. But it's pretty quiet. It's actually really comfortable. I had the Pro 4X package. Had the Bill Stein shocks on it. Rode phenomenally well. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually handled well. The steering was great. Where'd you take it? The brakes are great. I just drove it for, you know, commuted around town and and went to various places. I put a couple hundred miles on it.
0: Any off-road, mild off-road?
1: I didn't have a chance to do any Mm off-roading on it. I was mostly kind of curious about... The the new engine and and feeling Didn't go over any uh, center medians, anything like that? uh, I mean, not that I would admit to. (laughs) I see. Gotcha. uh, But what I I was really impressed with is, as old as that chassis is, it actually won four-wheeler pickup truck of the year, I believe, in uh, 2005. And that was the chassis, that F-Alpha platform. That was the basis for not only the Frontier, the Xterra, which was another favorite of Mm four-wheeler, but also the Titan, and it has roots in the current Titan. So that platform was so far ahead of its time that even today, 15 years later... There's a lot to like about that platform, and I was going if you were blindfolded and somebody stuck you in that truck and you didn't see any of the dated, you know, instruments or dash or anything, you could honestly put that up against some of the other midsize trucks in the class right now. You think so? I think so. If you if you updated the technology, if you updated the interior and updated the looks, although it still looks like a pretty decent truck, like it's. It, no, it's pretty
0: damn contemporary.
1: Yeah, it, that design has actually, you know,
0: stood done the well. test of time. Yeah,
1: it needs, you know, better headlights and mm-hmm. you know some LED signature details and you know things like that. But overall, for being a truck that that's old, I was thinking, man, you know, I love the Frontier; it's been good. But it's is what's it going to be like with the new engine? Is it just going to be an old truck that just has a, a engine swap? And then I went, what am I saying? Half our people swap, you know, new yeah. engines into old trucks, including right. me. Allegedly, okay, and so then I, I kind of attacked it from that that angle, right? I'm like, okay, this is an old truck that 15 years ago I liked enough to dis, to bestow an award on it because it was so good when it was introduced. What's it like with a new powertrain? And you know what? It's freaking awesome. So what's it, awesome about it? Uh, hinting at kind of what's what's coming, uh, the nine-speed super smooth, very responsive. I did feel like the 3.8 is is a little bit on the peaky side, so the power. Didn't feel like three hundred until the cam came on around forty five hundred RPM, and mm-hmm. then it like really scoots.
0: Was it ever hunting for gears?
1: It was never hunting for gears. Okay. Um, I just feel like so. I believe it's in the XD. They basically go to a lower gear ratio in the rear end, a lower final final drive, um, because the 9 speed has such flexibility with all of the different gearing and the gear spread that you don't hit a mileage penalty because overdrive is so low or tall depending on how you read your sure. gears, right? So in the Frontier, my only comment is I hope the new truck has a lower final gear ratio so it's a little peppier off the line. But honestly, that's, that's basically the extent of any of my qualms about you know I didn't really test the truck because the truck's going to last another year. If you're in the market for a, a, a new midsize truck and you want something with a ton of value mm-hmm. and something that's going to be really dependable, by all means, check out the, the current 2020 Frontier. If you want to wait a year... The next generation is going to be spectacular.
0: Hey, what gear is it taking? So at a green light, what is it in second gear? What because it's you so know, you got nine speeds. I don't, so know. Where is it? You know, I don't know. I
1: don't know. Yeah, it's it's the the uh, the meter has been updated, but there's not a lot of information. It doesn't okay. have a like a big you know colorful DIC. It still has like LCD, Ooh. you know, numbers and stuff like. It's very primitive. You turn the little knob where you reset the odometer to go. Time driving, current mile per
0: gallon. Oh, really? Okay, it's definitely old school. I would love to put. uh, I've got a couple gauges that we can use and plug one into OBD and just see what gear it's in. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be cool. Do you still have the truck? Uh, I don't. Oh, well, then forget that. (laughs) Oh darn! That would be interesting. Watching, seeing what gear it's in. It
1: went home today, but uh, I have an opportunity to get it again later. But okay, you know we can answer any questions. So,
0: what would your with a Pro Four X? Your I know that you didn't take it off road, but based on your you're driving around town, etc. Yeah. Speed bumps, things yeah, like yeah. that. Do you have any thoughts about how it would perform? off-road? off-road? Yeah,
1: no, the, I've driven that truck off road hundreds of miles. Okay, uh, just not with the new the new powertrain. And but, with a
0: new powertrain, adds weight or no? Is it negligible?
1: It's negligible. Okay, yeah, it adds a lot more power though. Sure, I think it's 49 horsepower, so from 261 to 310. The thing that I love about the F Alpha platform is that unlike anything else in the segment, when Nissan designed that, they designed a really deep draw frame rail. And so all of the componentry is tucked up under the frame rail. So there's nothing that hangs down. You don't have a transfer case hanging down with like a little chin skid plate or anything like that. You can almost make a belly pan on the bottom of those things because everything is safely tucked up. And so from that standpoint, they do really well off-road because everything you need is protected. I'd say that with the latest, you know off-road centric trucks. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers have gotten a lot smarter with approach and departure angles and things like that. So this truck doesn't really compete with those numbers on a spec sheet, but it's still a great truck off-road. It's still a lot of fun to drive. And do we have any idea what the price is going to be in uh, the, 20, the 2020, right? Yeah. 2020 hasn't been announced yet. Uh, we should know in the next couple of weeks, the truck uh, should go on sale. Hopefully with you know everything going on right now, I think the, the plant and everything is either on shutdown or, or slow. Uh, so I don't think that the new trucks are coming off the line for another few weeks. Uh, but when they do, they'll be hitting your dealer. And if you are looking for a dependable old school truck, that's just an honest pickup that does everything you need a, a midsize pickup to do. You should definitely look at the Frontier. Oh, so the the last thing I'll add about the Frontier, other than being a solid truck, you know, no squeaks or rattles or anything like that, riding it, I thought it was the perfect size. So many midsize trucks mm-hmm. feel like they're almost the size of a half-ton truck of Twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, and the frontier is like still a mid-sized truck. Like it was, you and I went for a ride in it, and it our shoulders weren't touching. We had plenty of room, but at the same time, it didn't feel too big. It was just, it, I felt like it was, you know, just right. What did you think? I mean, you, you had a chance of driving it. I was
0: surprised how quiet it was. Mm-hmm. I really was delighted to see utila track in the back. I just, I think I knew that it had it, but I had forgotten it. I'm like, wow, that's yeah just like
1: the Titan has got, it on yeah, the head of the older. bed yeah, has it brilliant. on the floor and uh, i think Nissan's the only company that has aluminum cleats everybody else has plastic cleats so it's nice to see a nice media aluminum cleat you on know what
0: and, and and overall i think it was it, it granted it was brand new it had very low mileage on this, because it was a you yeah, know a, a, a uh, 1800 miles i think right something like that but but you're right i was surprised how um civilized civilized how um, like when was the last time you were in a brand new fifteen honestly, year old vehicle? Other than the radio just being small because yeah. they were for so long, everything else is pretty damn contemporary. Like it doesn't feel dated. It doesn't. It doesn't it feel dated, like it's oh five.
1: But all the things that you need to do, yeah, it, it does all that.
0: It's all there. So anyway. it's all there. I think it's a value truck. I really do. There's oh, yeah, think there's sure. just so much value. I. Don't, is there anything that compares?
1: Yeah, I, I think, if you, like, again, if you're looking for a dependable, reliable, midsize truck, check out the Frontier. I think you might, if you haven't seen one in a while, and listen, you need basic transportation, you need a basic truck to go do truck things, you're not looking for everything fancy. I mean, Maybe you don't want all the technology that is on all the new trucks in, in other categories or for a higher price. Maybe you just want a simple, basic truck. Which a lot of people are looking for one of those. Yeah, this might be your last opportunity to buy a truck that is as simple as the Frontier is. Because okay. the next one, I guarantee you. Oh, it's
0: loaded? It, n- n- Nissan is, uh, is stepping up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. All right, well, that was a. Uh... Truck review! Yeah! Roll the golden dragon truck nuts! All right, well, I hear that it's time to read some email. Let's dance! You email? Yeah! What, no head bob? Oh, there it is. Holman with the head bob. The head bob. Bobbin heads. The head bob. All right. Who's first, me or you? Go for it. All right. Daytona is subject line from Tim Scott. Hope to see you guys at the 2020 Daytona Truck Meet. Come out and shake off the COVID-19 and have one hell of a good time, Tim. Well, here's the thing about that. It's not really in our control, is it? No, I don't think
1: so. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of things. I mean, we've had uh, Easter Jeep Safari got canceled. We were going to go do that. We've had uh, we had uh, Overland Adventure, Overland Expo pushed back, uh, Ultimate Adventure. I mean, all these great events have been pushed back because the company doesn't want us to travel right now. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, we get it. But that also puts uh, a damper on some of our uh, normal plans, like going to Daytona Truck Meet. So uh, I think the answer right now is we just don't know.
0: Have we consulted with our uh, lovely ginger friend? <laughs> <laughs> I almost couldn't get it out. Uh, why? Because you're laughing at yourself? So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we we haven't because there's nothing to consult about until something changes. Hmm. I mean, I'd like to go. You know, I loved. We had a great time. No, we did. I we we, had a great. Time. You know, if
1: not, then we will rain check for next year. But yeah. uh, I I would love to go. I just don't know if it's. Uh, for it's going to be loud unfortunately speaking of rain check yeah man did, was there was a lot of rain last year oh dude i think my uh i think my jeans are still wet in that suitcase <laughs> <laughs> all right got one uh from our friend trucker jones what's up trucker And he says, uh, what's up, Lightning and Holman? My dad just picked up this Jeep on Sunday. Thought you guys would dig it. It's very complete. It's a three on the tree, which I've never driven before, so I'm excited. My dad already ordered a wiring harness, which I think will be enough to get it going. Looks like two or three previous owners attempted to rewire, but never (laughs) removed any of the old wires. Sad face. Sounds
0: like my truck.
1: Says, uh, my son came along for the ride, which was awesome. Not every day three generations greet to go rescue an old Jeep together. Keep up the great show and stay healthy again, that's our buddy Trucker Jones, also uh, known as Tucker Jones in his mm-hmm. uh, regular life. And he sent us this picture of a flat Fender Willys. It's got the old square. I'm thinking it's a CJ2A uh, would be my guess. So probably uh, late 40s. Let but me see. Let cool. me see.
0: Oh, yeah. That looks fun. That looks fun. Okay. The truck that got away from Thomas Atwood. Hey, guys, wanted to tell you guys how dumb I was. Years ago, my great-grandfather passed away who lived in southern Utah. He owned a 1971 Ford Camper Special 390 C6 Trans two-wheel drive. When I was 18, I was visiting the family, and I saw the truck sitting in the backyard and asked my grandpa about it. He said he had been trying to give it to the family for years, but nobody was really interested in old cars. But, but if, if I wanted, I could take it. So the next weekend, my brother and I took his 1964 C10 with a car trailer to St. George, picked it up, and drove back to SoCal. I dumped thousands into that truck, rebuilt the C6 in my parents' backyard, replaced just about everything under the hood, no leaks, ran amazing, etc., even bought code-matching blue paint for the hood. Well, being dumb, I really wished the truck was four-wheel drive and found a guy getting rid of a 1965 K10 that didn't run too well and had a smoked rear end. I couldn't keep both. So, like an idiot, I sold my great grandfather's 71 Ford no! that I dumped so much into uh, for a whopping 1100 bucks.
2: Oh.
0: Ouch. Best part find it is I still have the K10. No. Same condition I bought it in, and it's oh. been sitting for over 10 years and still oh. don't have any paperwork for it. I no. know what that feels like, but at least it's 4x4, right? I still have the guy's number who bought it from me, and I told myself when I get a bigger place, I'll try to track it down, but who knows. Live and learn. Keep up the great podcast, guys. Thomas A. Uh, that one hurts me a little bit. little pain. Uh, this one is entitled Idiots.
1: That would be us. <laughs> it says, uh, John Gamble says, you idiots! How is it you haven't come up with some permutation of truck show podcasts for lightning's plates? Without the podcast, the truck would not have even come to you. For a dollar, you really should tribute the show.
0: Sent via Pony Express. Yeah, maybe it should be like uh dollar truck or Ooh. one dollar hala. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> no, well, oh, I, I mean so. you can, it's just stupid. Oh. Uh huh. What else well, does T S P stand for? I don't know. And I wouldn't I wouldn't no one would know what T S P I would do like T R K S H O W, right? Truck show? But that's that's No, It doesn't mean anything on a truck.
1: And and when they cancel us because uh, of your antics, then uh, you'll have a plate that doesn't mean anything.
0: No, I'm not going to do that. So I've got a couple of plates that I'm fond of, and I'm in the same position as Holman where I can't get a plate right now because – Freaking California DMV isn't open.
1: That's done.
0: Shut so down. We can't order plates. How do you even like order, get registration and stuff done? No clue. Just I, you just yeah, wait. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. So I uh, can't get a plate. You can't get a plate.
1: We're not going to talk about what plates we're going to get because some uh, some asshole is going to steal it from us.
0: Well, the day I order it, I'm going to tell you. So I've got the whole thing kind of planned out. Mm. I think it you start uh, for breakfast. No, see, so and... here's what I wanted. I never, I couldn't articulate it, but now I can. Then you can go for a walk.
1: <laughs> then you're going to uh, go to the card store, buy yourself a congratulatory card. You're gonna sign it. You're gonna send it to yourself. And go to the DMV. Find out it's still closed. Can't get anything done. Your card will mean nothing, and your breakfast was horrible. And then what? Then what are you gonna do? Lightning. Your plans will be in in disrepair,
0: in ruins. Your plans will suck. Are you done? No, I think so. <laughs> God. <laughs> so. What I was looking for, what I wanted help on, is that I wanted a nickname for the vehicle that could also be a plate. I gave you that. That's what I wanted. And I gave you the best one. So I went on Facebook and I asked, I'm like, (sighs) what do I call my truck? And I was like, Bertha, and this and that. And no, you gave me a good one. I gave you a top 10 percenter. A top 10 percenter. And I think that mine is a top 8 percenter. Oh, I don't... uh, The one that you sent me? Yeah. Really? Very serious about it. I already got. It's already got an Instagram, dude. It's already got. It's already got followers on Instagram. Mm. Yes, it does. Yeah, but what did I tell you about it? W- what does who tell me about it? What did I tell you about it? It won't mean anything after the truck is nice. It, I'm not gonna make it nice. Oh, we're giving away too much. All right, we'll just leave it alone. Go for it. All right, next, next email. Gambler five hundred is the subject line from Dan Church, boys. I am just now listening to episode 82. Are you going to do this or what, says Dan? Do what? Go to the Gambler 500. Okay, uh, see uh, first email of segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, all events have oh, a yeah. big question mark yeah. after that. Uh,
1: every, everything is in flux. You know the only thing that we're allowed to do right now is sit in this hot, sweaty studio and talk to people. You know what
0: sucks about this? Our studio is so bitching, except for... The fact that no one is in this ginormous building, which means there's no air conditioning yeah. and we're sweltering. Dude, it, is, it is probably 58 degrees outside and 90 in here right now. And like 99% humidity. Uh, at <laughs> least inside this cotton <laughs> I shirt know. it is. All right, Matt Juhas writes back
1: about the tin grills. You remember we were talking about the tin grill dodges? Yep. Says, hey, Lightning and Holman, it's Matt again. Ha ha, I was really excited to hear you read my email. I was welding traction bars for my 1980 W-150 build in my garage while listening to the show, and all of a sudden I caught on to the dorky writing being read aloud, and I realized it was mine. Anyway, still waiting for somebody to jump out and tell me about a big brake kit for this Dana 44 front end and Chrysler 9.25 rear. All right, so if any listeners are aware of uh, such a thing, hit us up, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. It says, this truck is going to get some serious beef in the wheel and tire category and will be pushed by a 440 with a Holley EFI setup. So upgrading the brakes is a big one on the list. Keep up the great podcast as I'm running out of episodes with the quarantine. And keep an eye out on Instagram. I've been tagging you guys in comments of my build progress, at Haas underscore customs. No, not trying to plug myself. Well, we plugged for you.
0: Thanks for reading. and Get me some info on those breaks. By the way, left you a five-star rating. Ooh, sweet. Thank you, sir. All right, we got uh, Rich Holdaway, owner and CEO of R&D Building Solutions, Inc. What up, lighter fluid and hole-in-one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'll take it. He says, uh, first off, five stars. Thank you very much. Really do appreciate that. Second, You two are always welcome at our shop here in Hollister, California. I love Hollister, by the way. I'd be willing to, and you know what sucks about- Yeah,
1: that the the company stole Hollister's name, and and it's a clothing company that has nothing to do with Hollister, and it's awful. And there's like Hollister Beach Life, but Hollister is
0: in the hills, inland, and all that stuff. I'll just continue since you uh, popped my my balloon. (laughs) I was, I was excited about being angry. I know you were. Right. I just I got to put water on you every All once. Right. A while. Well, so anyway, he says uh, I'd be willing to supply a full fridge of Dr Pepper and Mountain Dew. Might be a mini fridge, but you know. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you two rock stars are doing well. Huge shout out to Santa Monica. His real <laughs> name is Samuel Jimenez. Super cool guy. Keep up mounting those parameters. <laughs> And remember, some of us make it to the end. Woohoo! Thanks for the free, funny, and keep up the solid work. Love the Nicola interview. And again, he says five stars to think. Rich, uh, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, we appreciate that. And uh, we would uh, love to, uh day trip up to Hollister. There's actually a few... What did you just say? Day trip up to Hollister. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's just day trip, on... <laughs> day trip up to Hollister. Day trip up to Hollister. Day trip up to Hollister. Yes. Day trip up to Hollister. Uh, there's actually some good uh, food spots up there. Some All right, good, good barbecue joints. Okay, there's a, a steakhouse in Trace Pinos, which is just down the uh, the road from Hollister. What did you just call it? Uh, Trace Pinos. Okay. Uh huh. What and, does that mean? Uh, three pines. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, anyway, so I haven't been to Hollister in a few few years since we
0: uh, stopped doing Top Truck Challenge up there. But we Hollister, talk, I, we Holman, we talk about going a lot of places that we just aren't going to go. Not allowed to travel right now. Okay. I. I I, I don't like talking about going places
1: because I want to go. Here's the thing. As we talk about lots of places, yeah. and I've never once seen you write any of them down. You've never approved any list or said, hey, let's go here. Oh, oh, wait, oh hold on. Let me remind you. That's not true. Well, hold on. Yep, not Let, true. You know what I'm going to say. I invited you out, and you said no.
0: I was working on some plumbing. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I, didn't, You know... Would I have rather gone with you than plumbed? I uh, mean, let's you've be honest. literally been asking for,
1: like, months. Take me out. Take me out. Right. And then I'm like, all right, let's go. And you're like, no, I can't. My mommy says I can't play
0: today. Yep. That's what the wife said. That was me up to my ass in plumbing. <laughs> Sucked. All right, to get a hold of us. Send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show. Oh, oh.
1: And, of course, you can always reach out at 657-205-6105 and leave us a message on the five-star hotline. Tell us what you're up to about your project, what you like about the show, what you like about me, and what you hate about lightning. We're all <laughs> there with the 5-star hotline. Or hit us up on social. Don't forget to follow us at Truck Show Podcast on all the majors.
0: And at Truck Podcast on Twitter. Why? Because you're going to turn my mic off. Did you know how much I freaking hate Twitter. <laughs> Cute little logo, bad service. <laughs> yeah, well... You know what else? Uh, no, you know what it is. I I I don't like the people that use Twitter. I think that's what it is. Is that what it is? I don't mind the actual platform. I just don't like people who tweet. Why do we turn the end of the show into Twitter? Because you mention it every single time. I mention Facebook and Instagram every single time. Every time you go and the and on the five hotline, Twitter. Time. hey Twitter, Lightning doesn't like Twitter, so I'm going to mention it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! Are you five? Yes. <laughs> Damn you! Uh, well, if you're 16 or
1: older, you can head on to your <laughs> Nissan dealership, NissanUSA.com. Check out their full line of trucks and vans. Everything from the little NV200 all the way up to the NV3500, the Nissan Frontier, the Nissan Titan, the Nissan Titan XD. Ooh, by the way, the Titans industry's best warranty, five year, hundred thousand mile. Check
0: them out. Just ran out of steam no I didn't I was waiting for you to pick up the deck oh I was gonna do I, it's, well you're just you're reclined so far in that chair <laughs> right there it's I thought you were only you're almost gonna fall backward no it's good you look so relaxed right now it's good does my mic sound weird uh no it sounds okay. all right all right sounds weird in my headphones does it well yeah. I mean it, it it you've got a position kind of in your beard yeah well I can't help it my
1: beard is out of control <laughs> wish I could grow that much hair on my head.
0: How much beard hair could you put in a deck drawer? A lot, <laughs> a as lot. it turns out. A lot. Mm-hmm. That'd be gross. It would be super gross. <laughs> or imagine 2,000 pounds, Holman, of beard hair on top of a deck system. I wonder if they would be uh, like hay bales.
1: <laughs> beard hair. I mean, I don't think I have anywhere near 2,000 pounds of beard <laughs> hair on my face. <laughs> What would that look like going down the freeway? Gross. <laughs> Gross. You know what it'd be like? It'd be like when I'm driving my Titan with all the windows down <laughs> <laughs> and then the wind's just blowing beard loose beard hairs out of my face.
0: Oh my God. I just can't imagine driving behind you with like this this gust of wind taking all these like one inch long beard hairs. Oh, just, is, oh it is longer than that. No, that's longer than an inch. What is that? That's like uh, four or five inches. Yeah, it's pretty right there. It's pretty That uh, is mangy
1: looking. It is mangy looking. Isn't that crazy? It's only been like six weeks.
0: You might have 2,000 pounds of beard hair on that face. Well,
1: I got it on the floor of my house. (laughs)